Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Damel and The Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. I actually heard Edmund Sumner subscribe, so you should as well. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's v-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Damel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Shark, your boys. You got your clogging shoes on? The clogging shoes are on, baby. What a freaking win. Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes. That motherfucker, he doesn't like calling timeouts. But what a win. It it was shocking. Just as they were up by 17 (laughs) on the road in Auburn and blow that one, they're down by 17 in Lexington, and they come back. John Fulkerson, baby, I, this t- we have no talent. Like I know, I know people like to think that Jordan Bowden's this uh, kind of great, create his own shot player. He's not. I can tell team. you, nobody in the country like generally thinks that. Right. Well, thank you for humbling me on that one very quickly. But I know people think that John Fulkerson is like a young Kevin McHale. He's not. He was a three-star recruit. You want to know where he's getting offers from? Fairly Dickinson. Right state. Not that far off. He was getting offers from Gardner Webb. Oh, all wow. state. Charlotte 49ers. And somehow he comes up and ends up in Knoxville. And now he's just like a phenomenal intangible player, but he's our best offensive player as well. So I was thrilled watching that game. It was a great kind of um what's the word? Foil. It was a good foil to my BC basketball experience that night as well. Uh, Jimmy Christian, probably his last game in Conti. We're going to hear about this. We talk with Manny Moore Alameda, the bear, later on in the show. Uh, God, Jimmy Christian did, going down swinging, but not really. Just getting ran out by Syracuse at home in what was probably the most depressing game ever. And then you have Tennessee, on the other hand, going in. Uh, you know, the only two BC Tennessee people in the world are myself and Bruce Pearl. So that's quite quite a fraternity right there that we have. Um, it, was, it was a good night for us. Well, I'm glad you brought up the folk man. All right. Because first of all, his hair might be the worst in the entire Awful. country. It's terrible. It's, it's like terrible. a side cut, but he also has the headband. But I'll tell you what, he was giving EJ Montgomery the business last night. 
two nights ago, excuse me, doing the same kind of the, to Nick Richards, who very well could be SEC player of the year. The folk man might be the folk rum of this whole operation. Wow. Can I get something. Thank you. That's amazing. That's pretty good. Uh, I knew that I've been on Folky's hair for a long time. I told you guys about that a long time ago. That bandana, that uh, headband, very unnecessary. Very much like a JV basketball player trying to really get look cool on the court with his, you know, kind of lax hair and throwing that in there. It's not a good look. Um, but he's tough. He really is tough. The way he he can get to the free throw line, he makes his free throws. He's a great defensive player, a good rebounder. He's going up against Richards and just who. who is so much more athletic, so much more highly touted, so much longer, and outplaying him. Taylor, did you have any concerns now about Kentucky after they blew a 17-point lead against an unranked team at home at Rupp? Real quick, actually, now that I've mentioned it out loud, Evansville and Tennessee, both losses at home, it, it kind of just encapsulates what's going on in college basketball because Kentucky's been on an absolute roll, but does this is this any cause for concern now for the Wildcats? I mean, no, because if you say yes, then you have to put that same amount of concern on pretty much all but three teams in the country. So uh, am I concerned about Kansas? No. Am I concerned about Dayton? No. Am I concerned about Gonzaga? No. And that's pretty much where that list probably stops. Are we adding any more teams to that list? Probably. Baylor? Did you say Baylor? No, I mean, sure, okay, but that you probably aren't adding too many more teams to that list. So, so no, I, it is a little bit weird that there are so many home losses in college basketball this year. I think that's maybe what I would take away so far from the last week and then stretch that back um, all the way to the beginning of the season. So a lot of these upsets are coming on the higher-ranked team's home court. And usually, you know, like think, think of how the normal basketball year goes. How many court rushes have we seen this year? And NC State's cup against Duke. Other than that, though, think about how many big-time upsets we've seen. We've seen a lot, in air quotes, a lot, but a lot of them have actually been on the higher-ranked team's home court. So we haven't really seen the normal amount of like court rushes and things of that nature. Unless, I, unless I'm wrong, I just can't picture it. No, I agree with you in that respect. I feel like once or maybe even twice a year, we get an angry coach or an angry AD, or we get like on around the horn people annually talking about, oh, we need to ban court rushes or someone got hurt, like X, Y, and Z happened. I feel like, you know, you're right. There haven't been that many court rushes, it feels like. But in addition to that, because we don't think that there are these five top tier echelon teams that we can all gravitate towards that road road wins are kind of just like, well, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't shock me all too much, right? If someone goes into Michigan State and wins. It's not that well, crazy. Well, and look at the teams directly behind Kentucky. Florida State lost last week. Maryland lost two nights ago. Creighton lost last week. Duke lost last week. Villanova lost last week. I mean, if we're worried about Kentucky, who are we putting ahead of them? So, no. I mean, they absolutely got smoked in the first in the second half by Tennessee. Straight up dominated by some dude, some tall, lanky, white dude. You know, Fulkerson, who's the man? But... I guess the only thing I would say is that if it could happen at home to a guy like the Fulcrum, it can happen at almost any round in the in tournament this year, more so than any other year. Yeah. Shark, what's it going to take then to hear Tennessee's name emerge from Greg Gumbel? About two weeks ago, uh, one of the Tennessee beat writers sent something out about how um, – Lamonte Turner and I think Admiral Schofield were was talking in the locker room before the game against uh, one of their games, and I said I, I responded to that saying something along the lines of Rick Barnes is pulling out all the stops to get get these guys to sneak into the tournament, and some hack on Twitter responded to me saying, "What like joking like what tournament the C, you know the NIT like they, thinking he was hilarious," and I said. Yeah, so this is documented, right? This is on the logs. This is on the record. I said, if they go three and two down the stretch and win two games in the SEC tournament, they're dancing. Because down the stretch, they've played a brutal schedule. They've had to play Kentucky. They've had to play at Auburn. They've had to play uh, Auburn again. They just played Florida. So that was their five-game stretch. I said, if they went three and two in those games, right now they're two and two. Their final game is against Auburn at home at the Tommy Bowl on Saturday. 
We know how I feel about Auburn on the road. Tennessee's going to win that game. So if Tennessee wins that game, then all of a sudden that bubble talk gets a little bit more exciting. That net rating gets a little bit higher. People start talking a little more, and then it's going to take two wins in the SEC tournament. And if they do that, they're dancing because that's going to put them at 19, 20 wins. And you have wins on the road against Kentucky, who's going to be a three seed. You have wins against Auburn, who's going to be a four seed. You have wins against Florida, who's going to be a six or seven seed. Why else would they not dance at that point? They've also they played a tough out of conference schedule as well. No, they that if you, if they went through that schedule like that, they would put them at twenty one wins. And if you like we said, if you look how soft the bubble is, they're going to be right there because you're going to be able to look at exactly what you said. Hey, we beat Auburn and Kentucky and Florida to finish out the regular season, and uh, I'd have to go look at the uh, projected standings there for the uh, bracket of the SEC tournament. So but they, yeah. they, they're right in the middle of it at this point. So as soon as they win again, they're probably going to be anywhere from a four to a six seed. And, you know, really they're, they have a, my issue is if they lose um, a game and they, they're going to have at least 14 losses, if they don't win the SEC tournament, which is a lot of losses, right? right. We're, we're talking going 20 and 14 or 21 and 14. But their losses are against very good teams. They lost to Florida State. They lost on the road at Cincinnati. They lost at uh, home against Wisconsin, and then they played in the SEC. Got some bad ones in there against at Georgia. They lost at home against Tamu, which is terrible at this point. I cannot believe they lost that game. But they're going to have a very strong resume. And really, the problem is they're deep down. They're not, they're not that good. Like, I don't no, think they're no, good they're team. not. Their offense is painful to watch. The only guy that can do anything with any type of craft is Viscovi, who's going to be a stud in three years. I'm telling you, Santiago Viscovi, this guy's going to be a great college player. Uh, but they might find a way to sneak in, and then we'll bring in some five stars next year, and we'll see in the final four. Well, I mean, this is a hug for Rick Barnes. I was about to say he's done a hell of a, a coaching job this year. To your Viscovi point, do you see his parents surprised him from Uruguay? I'm telling you, yep. this is the time of year for tears, hugs, and and just emotion because it's senior week. I know Viscovi's not a senior, but this is really the time of year where you see embraces like that. Viscovi's like not even a freshman. He joined the team this January. Like he literally just flew in from Montevideo and started, you know, he was practicing with the team, but like he had didn't play in the first half of the season. He became eligible in January, and that's what how half a season at this point. And the embrace with his parents, it was like that scene in Heathrow Airport in Love Actually. It was beautiful. The, the scene going around. They should next iteration, if they ever remake Love Actually, they should throw Viscovi with his parents at that scene. You know, just plug that in there somewhere. Somewhere in Rupp. Yeah. I mean, a lot Instead, of Brit. Rupp Heathrow Airport, both both very notable oh, buildings. Yeah, true. I don't like Rupp. All right. Uh, other news and notes from a few days ago. First of all, actually, let me let me pause here. And this was just a random shower thought that I had. We need a Seton Hall Illinois tor- tournament game. All right. Let me tell you why. It's not for me versus the Shark. We know that I'm an Illinois guy. We know he's a Seton Hall guy. It's not for Underwood versus Willard. We know I love Underwood. We know the Shark loves Willard. And I'm telling you, it's not for Miles Powell versus Io DeSunmo. The reason we need it is because we need a Villioff. You guys know what a Villioff is? A Villioff is who wins down low. Benishvili for Illinois or Mamu Kelishvili for Seton Hall? Who wins the Villioff? That's incredible, by the way. And the fact, how long did you practice saying both of those names before the episode? Well, I had to, a long time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Mahmoud. Yeah, I'm going to do the same on that one. Just because that's Shark's boy. And he dominated this last Saturday as well. Mahmoud Kelish really, really looks like, uh, like an Eastern European gangbanger. Like he's something straight out of, Typecasting for Triple X, that Vin Diesel movie. That's Mamuk Kelishvili. Mamuk was like chasing Liam Neeson in, in Taken 2. He was one of the guys going after him. I like that, though. But we need we need a Seton Hall, Illinois tournament game. Fingers crossed for that coming on Selection Sunday. Uh, another thought that I had while watching games, Andy Kennedy. I am now ready to say that he needs to be a part of the CBS family because he needs to be announcing tournament games. 
All right. The man has what we like to call molasses mouth. Just slowly drips out. Voice is more buttery than a Southern breakfast. I want Andy Kennedy out of ESPN, and I want him in CBS. I'm right. Terrible, terrible basketball coach. Great commentator, though. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Soup. Uh, I, I have no reason to, to, to disagree with that statement. He's just the smoother, more coherent Jimmy Dykes. Well, he, it's not just his voice, too. He was always super smooth on the sidelines in Oxford as well. Like, he was a great, great coach. Uh, I'm a little concerned. This is like the second time we've talked about this within the past month. So, Subi, I think you're having a little bit of a Andy Kennedy voice fetish over there. Maybe get that checked out. But I'll, I'll, I'll indulge you here. I'll, I'll run with you. Well, the very first time was me f- first noticing it. I was like, oh, this guy's got a really good voice. And then after a month's worth of reps – I said, all right, get this guy in the tournament. We need more voices like him. Uh, And then for me personally, 2020, year of accountability, fellas, I'm going to go ahead and officially apologize to the Providence crew and Surrett. While they are still on the bubble, they are certainly surging. They just beat Xavier at home, but they are surging to attorney berth. I think they're firmly in. I did leave them for dead in January. I'm talking tournament dead. Now, make no mistake about it. The prophecy is still dead. The prophecy called for a Final Four this year. I don't think – I still think that they're not going to make it. But I also declared them dead, not a tournament team, even in January. That is looking like it's wrong, barring an epic collapse. So, hand up. Apologies, PC. I think it's Shark's fault, though. I've – I told you guys to check the tapes. Like, I – when they were terrible, I said I was still with the prophecy. I remember saying it because I said I was thinking this is insane. I can't believe I'm doing it. But I doubled down when they were awful. And my logic was sometimes you get Providence every year. It seems like they win 20 to 22 games. They try to sneak in. They're on the 6-2-11 line. And they're lucky to sneak by their, their first-round opponent. Maybe all it takes is just to have such a crazy roller coaster type season for them to – kind of finally break through that that glass ceiling i guess so here's a question for you both taylor i'll I'll start with you tournament starts tomorrow right who would you rather play less ucla or providence oh i'd rather play ucla yeah that that's that's an easy one yeah that i I mean i nah what 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 has mccrona done in the tournament before was Ed Cooley done in the tournament? I mean, he's that's a good question. That, that is a great point, but I'll I mean, take, I'm not even talking tournament success in the past. I'm talking like, so do you think a more dangerous team right now is Providence over UCLA? Yeah, I just think straight up Providence is playing better teams than UCLA is. All right, the Big East is the Big East is better than the Pac-12, right? I think we all yeah. agree on that, right? So yeah, their wins are like even more notable, and like Pipkins and Diallo are better than any combination of UCLA players you want to put together. Not just Pipkins and Diallo, Nate Watson. For sure. Yeah, right. Love Nate Watson. One of those automatic guys, kind of in the same sense of like when you watch, this is going to sound crazy that I'm comparing Nate Watson to Luca Garza, but when you watch Luca Garza get it on the block, you know it's going to be automatic every single time. I feel that way when Nate Watson touches the ball, and he's a good free throw shooter too. That's the kind of guy that you want in March. Good rebounding teams, good defensive teams, move your feet, see the man, see the ball. Both teams on fire right now. So it'll be interesting times in both Westwood and Peace and Providence. Providence is going to be ranked next week. They're they're in this week's poll. They came in at like thirtieth. Wow. That's gonna. That's got to be the most losses for ranked a ranked team. team. I mean, they'll probably oh, be like twenty five. Uh, right? yeah, Michigan is in there with eleven losses. So yeah, right. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's crazy. That yeah, three literally, what two and a half, not even three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, it was all over, and then Ed Cooley brought him back from the dead. American dream. And you know what's so funny too? We were talking about this maybe in the first or second episode of the entire season. We were saying, do you think Ed Cooley regrets not taking the Michigan job? Ugh. And now he's going to be ranked high, the, yeah. and he's going to be ranked higher than Michigan. Uh, not likely, or not likely, but possibly here in just uh, three or four days' time. Incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, all right, so this time of year, fellas, it means 
buzzer beaters. It means hugs from parents, right? It means conference play. It means bubble watching. It means gumble. But you know what else What it means? Absurd slogans on shooting shirts for Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas. We got we got items. I think this year, Taylor, this year is, quote, our time, correct? Yeah. In the past, we've had blank mentality. So, for example, Dayton mentality. There's been uh, blank madness. Arizona had one, Arizona madness. I think Wild I saw Cat. Wildcat, Wildcat madness. madness. Thank you. Thank you. Two days ago, I saw Family Religion Rutgers. I think that's obviously specifically for Rutgers, but incredible nonetheless. Uh, and then the best one ever, though, Shark. Please tell me the best one we've ever seen. The Mona Lisa of terrible slogans. So you didn't prep me for this. This is, We're telepathically speaking right now. It has to be we on. We on. Yeah, baby. I still will never forget a Jim uh, John Beeline coached Michigan Wolverine team running out there with a bunch of white guy walk-ons and Beeline with their un, with the shooting shirts there looking at saying we on and I imagine Beeline giving the big speech before to guys like Trey Burke saying we on and it just not not clicking whatsoever but we on was so good it's it was perfect and not necessarily Trey Burke but the fact that you got like Stauskas Albrecht uh, who was their big guy? Mitch McGarry coming out with We On shirts was so perfect. And did you guys know? Little nugget: We On is actually it stands for something. Yeah. It stands for when everyone operates in sync. <laughs> How about wow. that extra layer? Now you it's know, starting to sound more like a Beeline type. Yeah, because you know, given given Beeline's track record with slang terms. Uh, I'm not sure he really fully gathered what we on was all about back in the day. It was so dumb. I love that shirt though. The, the, his it, magnum opus, if you will, it was so perfect. Taylor though, I do want to get some of your thoughts. If you were to think up a one liner shirt for Under Armour, Nike Adidas to pitch to, what would it say on that shirt, on the shooting shirt? So hold on a second. I'm not sure if you're going to bring this up. Are you going to bring up what Adidas tagline is this year? No, I don't even know what it is. What is it? Change is a team sport. They suck. That's straight up on the back of all of those guys. They are really playing into the election cycle this year, I feel yeah, like. I- I don't like it. No. How do you, how do you, how do you chant that? You get, you know, change is a team sport. Change is a team. No, it doesn't work at all. Uh, But I actually, you asked me to come up with one and I'm, I came up with three. So you're just going to have to sit through all of them. Um, First one is a bachelor reference. And I went with uh, the university or Auburn university and that's windmill me. Oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, so these are for specific teams then. Yes, correct. I went okay. with specific teams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went with specific teams. No, that's but, creative. Well, then it wasn't a couple of years ago. It seemed like there were more like when these shirts first came out, there wasn't just like one. I felt like there were more than that, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, number two was for my boys at Wright State would be get it right, get it tight. A reference to how I we like, like our rims as well, you know, a little um, inappropriate, you know, a little inappropriate. Oh, well, then you'll enjoy my BYU shirt, which is my third and final shirt, and that's Soak It In. Soak It In. Is that like a <laughs> vagina reference? Yeah, no, Mormon soak. soak. Yeah, yeah. Come on. They don't thrust. They just enter and leave it there. Marinate. Soak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Want- Brandon Davies just Brandon Davis. We need to get him on this. On this. Uh, it's like literally, that literally caught one by thrusting. Jimmer Fredette missed out on a Final Four back in what was that eleven? Like I'm, I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, you're not. No. I don't think. Luckily, I don't think Mormons are allowed to listen to podcasts, so I don't think we're going to get any uh, like blowback on this at all. So um, yeah, soak it in. Could mean a lot of things when you're in the tournament. You know, you're there in the middle of the Marriott Center or event home arena, whatever the hell it is now. And uh, they're in Salt Lake city could be in a tournament game and they're just going to soak it in. And if they win, they'll probably soak it in after the game as well. I love it. I like those. So I had three, these are more generic though. So for, you know, whether it be an Adidas school, a Nike school, Under Armour school, I said, do what we do. You hear that all the damn time. Uh, Next one, fire us up. 
I've just been recently saying fire me up. I don't know why. And then this one actually, this goes kind of with the, the corporate slang. People always say, and it's so goddamn corny, but people always say dress for the job that you want. I say play for the job that you want. And that's it. Okay. So I think that lends itself to selfish play on the court. Could. You know, I mean, you want to be a team player though, right? That's uh, for like very um, would be a good example of a school that does that, like USC, very USC. USC would fit in well with that slogan. Play for the job you want. All right. Prepare, play for the NBA at this point. Don't play as a team. Don't try to win games. Yeah. I mean, play for the title you want. Play for the final four you want. Something like that. Uh, you're scrambling now. You're, that's done. All you're right. Lost. Scrap it then. That was my third option. You want to come to the table with I three. got one right here. I go, what's wrong with chop wood? Every <laughs> single team in the country wearing chop wood. You put chop wood on your shirt. You put chop wood on your pants. You scream chop wood in the huddle. You can be like Greg Schiano at Rutgers. Uh, we'll have a little uh, touch on that with M- Matty Moore later on the episode. But Rutgers in the huddle chopping wood. You got Jack Del Rio chops wood. You got the punter on uh, Jacksonville chopping a little too much wood. He hurts his leg chopping wood. All right. So these are like perfect for, I don't know, a college football playoff. Or just Steven, like three Steven football F, guys. Stephen F. Austin. There you go. I, I don't understand why Nike like went away from doing team specific shirts because I could sit here and look at the top twenty five right now and probably come up with like fifteen off the top of my head. I don't like it wouldn't take that long or that much effort to put in to do this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm very much excited to see what uh, all of these brands have in store for us uh, moving forward. I want to play a little game though here with the shark and Taylor. I'll, I'll be asking you afterwards and whatnot, but the shark, here's what I want to do in the spirit of these terrible slogans. I want to see if you're able to determine whether or not it's a slogan on a shooting shirt, or if it's a song by Lil John slash an EDM song. All right, go on. Always repping. Is that a slogan or a Lil John slash EDM song? Uh, that's a Lil John song. Wrong. That's a, that's a slogan. Oh for one. Come get some. That's a slogan. Taylor, do you know? Spelled S U M. That would be a Lil John song. It is a Lil John song. Play for more. That is a slogan. That's a slogan. Play no games. Both. <laughs> Very much a little Johns on. Live the night. Lil John. It is a song by Diplo, but yes, it is oh. a song. Family. I mean that that's a slogan. Slogan. All right, you're building a little bit more me- momentum here. Be a terrible Little John song if you wrote that one. <laughs> one more time. Little John. Daft Punk, but yeah. Oh. No, that's fine. I, I just want to make sure people know that these aren't Little John songs. So uh, hold on, hold on. So we must be on the same wavelength here. When's the last time you listened to One More Time by Daft Punk? I don't know. I listened to it last night. For the it's a great time, song for the first time in probably five years. Yeah, it's a great song. Wow, wait, no, no wonder we all have a podcast here together. Sorry, continue on. No, yeah, it's all about wavelengths. No worries. Uh, okay, created for this. That's a slogan. That's a slogan. Finally, think about this hard. Roll up. I roll up. Uh, roll up. <laughs> What's that song? Uh, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. That's, a, that's a Wiz Khalifa song. That's yeah. a Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Wiz Khalifa. It's a song. The song is by Flo Stradamus, I guess. So, <laughs> But I mean, the fact What's that wrong? I got you on too just it speaks volumes to the I, interchangeability. What do you guys listen like? What's wrong with Jason Isbell and like – you know, like some f- nice turnpike troubadours or maybe a little bit of Bruce Springsteen. Like who are, what is this dude? I, I didn't, I don't listen to these. I just Googled EDM songs that in my head, I was like, this could pass 
as a shooting shirt. Yeah, get some more Isbel in your life, you know? Come on. <laughs> what, what's, it, what's the name of a Jason Isbel song? Stockholm. Okay. Uh, so I if I said, love, you know how I always say that can make a Georgia man cry? That's the first yeah. line of that song. I heard love songs can make a Georgia man cry. So the whole point of this game, though, is to kind of stump your brain. If I just said Stockholm, <laughs> you think you think like Kansas is wearing Stockholm shirts? I don't care about that. I don't care about the game. I, I care oh, about the like, point of the game, though. No, I get the point of the game. I'm concerned about the songs that you're so privy to. Like, what are you clubbing? But I'm not privy. That's the thing. I, I, I don't think you're understanding the concept. So what we're going to do is go ahead and uh, get a message from our guy, Zach, at the Barnburner Podcast Network. You're old as fuck. All right. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get to our interview with Matt Alameda. All right. So we now welcome a, a very special guest here. Uh, you know, when you look at the barn burner, it starts as a blog, right? We all we all came out and came in as bloggers. That's how we developed our game. And once the theater and college hoops podcast started going, we got away from the blogging game a little bit. We don't really put anything up there. Frankly, me personally, I recall putting up an article about Dante DiVincenzo and calling him the big ragu. And that was Gus Johnson, obviously giving him that, giving him that nickname, but talking about that nickname was a very riveting piece, Pulitzer prize worthy. Then we did one on the Van Wilder house out of all the people that have been, been in the Van Wilder house, but really we've kind of been slacking a little bit. So it is March. We want to give you guys a good, uh, well-rounded content here and we are now bringing in someone to help us out on the writing side of this thing now he's going to talk he's going to contribute here and there as well but this guy's got some chops his name is maddie moore alameda mma the bear this guy can write his balls off i know him from way back at bc great kid good lefty jumper intangible players kind of like mamuko de la chevy on uh, seton hall a lot of mamuk in mma here but anyways, we're bringing him in for this show. Matt, welcome aboard. Please oh, talk. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Shark. That was a really humbling introduction. Um, you might be overselling my jumper. I was really more of like a crash the boards, pass it out kind of guy. But um, yeah, no, really excited to be on. And, uh, you know, as the great John Rothstein says, this is March. Let's get to it. That's right. So I want, can you give our listeners a little bit of, about your rundown, your history of the blogging game? I know you have some experience at SB Nation and actually putting your thoughts to the internet mm-hmm. page. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you just said, I way back in the day used to blog for SB Nation uh, for their Big East blog. But, you know, I've been a big college basketball fan since I was young, um, mostly following Big East, Big Ten, just because I'm in the New York area. But um, yeah, I'm following everyone nationally and excited for this time of year. And so I'm going to let the other guys pipe in with their questions, and they're going to have a few. Obviously, we got the Jerome going on. we got tournaments coming up. You've proven that you listen to a few of our takes throughout the year, and I want you to have the opportunity to share yours. But one of the things I, I wanted to touch on was, you know, you and I know each other from Boston College. We're not going to talk about that. We're not talking BC no, sports I, at all. They don't deserve our attention whatsoever i think i've watched like five bc games this year and not even like the entire game <laughs> yeah well you already got me talking about because i jimmy jimmy christian's last game in conti was probably last night and i watched it from the literally the smallest tv you could ever fathom in <laughs> in, in, in your imagination in deep yeah. virginia at some small town bar it was a perfect way for him to go out but, i hope you're right that that was his last game at conti yeah, yeah, I got a feeling. I got, I got a couple no, guys. I got, yeah, I'm sensing it. I'm sensing right. it. Oh, yeah. But no, anyway, no, we said we weren't going to talk about. It. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So, anyways, I, I want to take this opportunity right now, Matt. Give you, you probably know who our teams are at this point. Who are your teams that aren't Kansas or Gonzaga or anyone like that? So, I mean, the team that I think has the best shot to win it all right now is Michigan State. Um, you know, they came into the year. They were preseason favorites. Um, they kind of been very inconsistent all year. Um, you know, you always hear about Izzo in March, but uh, when are we going to start talking about how bad he is in the beginning of the year? Because they are puzzling at times. Um, you know, they had that bad loss to Virginia Tech and Maui. Some They lost four or five in conference at one 
point. Um, you know, of course, Cassius Winston had the unfortunate event with his brother, and you know, you don't wish that on anyone. But um, from basketball side, you know, it's got to affect you. Um, but um, all that aside, they're playing real well of late. I think they're back. Um, so yeah, for me, that's who I'm picking to win it all right now. All right, give me some type of and Subi, you're you're good at handling the rock here. Please pipe in with a question every once in a while. I'm getting a little thirsty over here, but give me your under the radar team that uh, whether it's a mid major or anyone that you've been hitching your wagon to that nobody else is doing. Um, all right, so it's from a, I guess you would call this not a Power Five conference, but it's not really a mid major. But uh, I'm going with Houston. Um, I think Joey Brackets has them as like a seven seed right now which, you know, maybe still time for that to change, but they're right now they're number 11 in Ken Palm, which I know you guys uh, rag on that nerd, but he's my boy. Um, but right. they're uh, top I, 25 offense and defense. Can I – like, give me some clarification. So 11 in Ken Palm. Is that 11 in – when people say 11 in Ken Palm, is that where he fall, they fall out when they're blending the offensive and defensive? Yeah, and so that's his total adjusted efficiency margin, um, which is – your adjusted offense minus adjusted defense. Um, so I, I imagine Houston is only number 11 because they're probably like two in defense and, you know, 150. And so off. they're actually 23rd in O and 22nd in D. See, that, um, that that's why he's a nerd. Watch the game. No, I got to top in here. I, I think Houston fucking sucks. So really? like, I, I have no confidence in Houston at all. I'm going to pick them against them in every single bracket in the first round. I think their offense is just atrocious to watch. I mean, it might come across statistically as uh, efficient, but I don't think anyone can watch like three games of theirs in a row and be like, oh, this team fucks. I think they just suck personally. So I just had to chime in with that. I I, I don't see any flow to their offense at all. I don't see one person that has any type of skill at, at all. It's like the normal, like, they're super athletic, but I don't see any, like, who's making a shot down the stretch to win a game on that team? It's got yeah, like no, to be like a tip-in. It's, it's got to be like the go-to play. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't really argue too much there in that they don't have your classic dominant score. They don't have a guard that's going to take over the game late. Um, you're right. They're more of a solid all-around team. What I'll say is they really don't have any bad losses. Um, you know, maybe Oklahoma State – probably their worst loss, but every, you know, everything else, they're playing these teams tough. I was really impressed with that home win against Cincinnati, um, you know, one by 13. They were up by more than that most of the game. And, you know, like you, to your point, I do think they're going to, they will have to win by beating teams on the defensive end and turning that into offense. But they don't really turn it over. You know, they could shoot a little bit. Um, I think they have – you know, like three or four guys averaging at least 10 points a game. Um, so, you know, yeah, they're solid all around. I'm not saying they're going to win it all. I think they could make a sweet 16, maybe a lead eight run. So what they're going to do is Kelvin Sampson's going to implement the vampire offense. And what he's just going to do is have Dejan Giroux bite someone's Achilles tendon like he did earlier in the year. And that's how they're going to get forward with their games. Rob yeah, Gray's not walking through that door. So Corey, Corey Davis isn't walking through that door either. That was the guy on their team last year who, you know, we touched on him a little bit just because Taylor, you, you hate Houston for whatever reason, um, despite the fact that they, the numbers do back them up. Um, I think the the criticism of not having that lead go-to guard is fair just because it's, can get kind of ugly watching those games. Matt, you referenced that game and I forget who whoever was talking about the game against Cincinnati on Sunday. I was watching that in LAX just in rough shape after a long bachelor party weekend. It wasn't a pleasant game to follow follow up with. And you're watching games all over the country, huh? Yeah, you know, effort. We sleep in May as uh, as they say. Logged well, a lot of miles. By the Matt, way, I don't get this whole we sleep in May thing. Like the tournament ends like April 5th. That's right. So we can't sleep in April just yet. We got five days. We staying up late to watch a Dodgers baseball or something? No, he. Uh, I mean, if he wants to say we sleep on April sixth, sure, but that doesn't roll off. How the about we sleep after tax day? How about that? That'd be good. I mean, Not he's definitely a weird guy. Oh, if you ever heard I, him on part of yeah. my take, like, I just follow he, him on Twitter. He's uh every morning. What's he say? Rise and grind or something. Oh, every every day is a gift. That's what it yep. is. 
are lovely. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, <know>. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's he's gospel here. So yeah, uh, we no, love no. Roth. He's great. He's great for the sport for sure. Maddie, as the Big East guy, I want to let you in on one of my conspiracies here, real quick. Okay. Okay. And I think the shark brought you on this program for one reason and one reason only. I think he's using you as a pawn to land our white whale. And it's, I mean, Rothstein's really our white whale, whale but this yeah. other guy and it's Fanta. John Fanta. I think Love he's him. trying to go the big East route <laughs> thoughts on Fanta thoughts on potentially being a pawn in his master scheme. So I don't know him personally, but some guys from SP nation I've seen interact with him. So it's good to know that, uh, you guys want that connection. Let me see what I could do. I could, I don't know. Can't make any promises, but um, maybe I could, you know, play you up real nice for them, Shark. I no, just, but I love Fanda. He's great. I just want to make sure that, you know, you're being looked after. We're not, this isn't <laughs> just something where, yeah, we'll let him blog a couple times just because we want Fanta. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in Fanta. Like, you know, and I'm disappointed in the barn burner, my, my colleagues here, because, you know, I hooked Fanta. I've hooked him on that tweet one day. I had him there. I only had like 30 Twitter followers at the time. Now I got 100 Twitter followers. No big deal. But at the time, I had no clout. So I needed my army to come in and back me up and kind of help real Fanta in. And since then, he started his own podcast. He's interviewing Ed Cooley. He's interviewing all these, all these other famous guys. He's too big for us at this point. So uh, Yeah, he no. honestly, he might be too big. I've seen him, uh, like Gus Johnson, tweeting out a photo yeah. with him. Yeah, he's, he yeah. might be too big time, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, Fanna, Fanna's a Seton Hall guy. He is a Seton Hall guy. So Matt, I, you know, I've been on Seton Hall. You're from New Jersey originally. I'm sure you've grown up a little bit with some exposure to Seton Hall basketball. Can you talk a little bit about what this season has meant to fans in the area? If you grew up with people about that care about Seton Hall, or is it really just a? I don't even know who the hell people in Jersey root for. <laughs> in terms of basketball. I mean. People in Jersey kind of root for everyone. Honestly, Duke's probably the biggest team. There, it's a lot of Duke football, oh. uh, Duke basketball, Notre Dame football, that type of thing. But um, oh my. no, Cowboy so actually, fans. yeah, exactly. No, no, hey, we have football yeah. teams here. We have NFL teams. But there yeah. are a lot of Cowboy fans too. Um, no, but I actually grew up uh, about 10 minutes from the Seton Hall campus. So used to go to their basketball camps in the summer. Um, big Andre Barrett guy back in the day. Ball player. Um, but no, I will say this. You see, I've seen so many people out with Seton Hall gear on that you would never see that five years ago. Um, so Powell and the boys definitely got the state at least a little bit excited. Is there is there like a dichotomy between people who root for Rutgers versus people that root for Seton Hall? Like, is there is one school more Guido or blue collar than the other? <laughs> like, is there class warfare there? Uh, it's like, it's weird. There's not really a... One's more Guido because, I mean, maybe I probably Seton Hall. Tony Soprano uh, did one semester at Seton Hall, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Pro- probably the fictional character. Semester too. Yeah, just dominated. No, <laughs> um, no, it's funny. So actually, my brother goes to Rutgers, so I like kind of root for them too. But there's really no, um, there's no. I mean, there's like a little bit of rivalry, like a little bit of bragging rights. But I think everyone in the state wants them both to make the tournament both advanced, see the second weekend. And, uh, you know, obviously they know Seton Hall is a better team. So, All right. So while we're on the topic of Seton Hall and the Big East, obviously it's Jerome season. Uh, it's very likely that you're going to be putting up some previews on the site in the coming weeks or so. I don't want to get too many spoilers out there, but who are you envisioning right now without the seeds being laid out there as being the champions of the Big East tournament? Um, You know, so – I actually, I love seeing Hall. I love what Powell can do. I love how deep they are. I think they might get upset in the tournament, in the Big East tournament. And I actually think that is a good thing for them because then they're going to be extra motivated, not come out flat in the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know if you remember, I forget what year it was, 2016 or 17, when they won the Big East tournament uh, with Whitehead. Um, They lost, was it lost to Gonzaga in the first round? And then was that Angel Delgado on that yeah. team? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're pulling, we're pulling right now. <laughs> I know, way back. Yeah. Um, but I do think Seton Hall is the best team in the conference. I have them slightly above Nova or Creighton. Um, I think Creighton's got a real good shot to win the Big East tournament just because they can get hot, you know, 
two, three games, shoot like 40% from three, blow anyone out. But, you know, we saw these two teams play tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, Xavier and Providence, I think they both have a real, real good shot. Um, make some noise in the garden. Can you All tell right. me? Can you tell me why my sweet boy Marcus Howard sucks now, and that they have no <laughs> shot at winning the tournament? I mean, I think he just—they asked him to do too much. Like, what's he shooting? Like thirty shots a game for the last three seasons? You know, he needs some help. And then he, he had the broken nose, so it took him a while to recover from that. Um, no, I love Marcus Howard. He's fun as hell to watch, but. Yeah, I think they just asked him to do too much. Well, they had the goddamn Hauser bros, and they completely left him high and dry. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, that was brutal. What do you mean they left him high and dry? Like they left, they literally left the program. No. So how did the how did the program of Marquette leave them high? No, and dry? flip I'm that. The Hauser flip brothers that. left Marcus Howard oh, high okay. and dry. Yeah, right, so we're, saying, we're saying the that, same yeah. thing. That Sorry. whole situation is so weird too, because if those two guys are there, they are like. Like a preseason top 10 team and we'd probably mm-hmm. be talking about them and seton hall as the two top teams in the conference it's really weird i can't remember another time where two players decided to leave a potential top 10 team before the, you know i it, it's a little strange yeah. to me no it was weird i i forget was there something like personal because they're from wisconsin right yeah, but yeah. they both they didn't go to the same schools though. No, correct? one went to one's at Michigan State, the other one is um I don't know where the other one Virginia. is. Virginia. That's right. Oh yeah. So, right. no, so they wanted to you know, yeah, they wanted to move leave away. Leave your hometown home. state after going yeah. there. Yeah. I don't get it. No, I don't know. I see I'm not even buying the fact that they're that much of a difference maker. They were a five seed last year and Marcus Howard was on their team. They had both Hauser brothers and they played John Morant in the first round of the tournament and they got fucking destroyed. And you want to talk about mm-hmm. needing help on your team? John Morant had little, literally nobody. He's playing for Murray State, and he went in there and crushed the same team that yeah. you're talking about with a guy needing help. Yeah, well, he's finding out John yeah, Morant but, pretty fucking you know, good. Number, yeah. number two pick in the draft, uh, rookie of the year. I think yeah, that's right. that counts as help. He's so, not that, yeah, he's not that good. No. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> Whatever. Matty, this time of year, uh, you know, obviously there's it's senior week. We're seeing a lot of tear jerking type of videos, but. In addition to that, we're approaching the time of year where we get shooting shirts, warm-ups with absurd one-liners and slogans. And so we discussed this actually earlier on in the program. You know, you've got these random one-liners like one team or something like that, oh, right? But you, you know what I'm talking about? So I'm yeah. going to put you on the spot here. I want you to come up with one that you would pitch to Nike, Under Armour, or Adidas oh, man. for uh, one of your teams. This is like the Rothstein shirts, right? <laughs> no. So this or, is even like more generic and stupid. This is just like heart or some shit like that. This oh, is yeah, a yeah. Brutal um, on the spot one right here. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, let's go 94 feet. I oh. actually like that. That's pretty good. So if you just had like a t shirt that's that, 94 yeah. feet, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's vague enough. It's high level yeah, enough. The court's the team. Yeah. See, no, he passed passed with flying colors. What do you what do you want to prep all of our interviewers? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get that question in the notes. <laughs> what was the what was the good interview question that you should always ask when you were the other day, Sue? Yeah. Right. What does success look like? All right. What's the one that's like, how do you get an elephant out of a refrigerator? Something like that. It's like a weird, it's just like to see how you think about it. There's no, oh, you got to think about the the movie, the internship too, when they're shrunk down in the blender, how do you get out of the blender? And when they're interviewing with Google, one of the, Oh God damn. What I haven't seen that. (laughs) Seen the internship. Nah, I unfortunately have not. Oh, all right. Well, my Vince Vaughn movies probably stopped at like, Oh five or something. Uh, (laughs) Extended a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Extended. Extended. Okay. Okay. All right. yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll catch up on some Vince Vaughn after this. <laughs> yeah, that's a must watch. Speaking of watching, uh, Subi and I we interviewed the director of Along Came Polly. Um, was that last year, Father? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, John Hamburg. We interviewed him with the chief Matt. Apparently, you have some type of connection to <laughs> Ruben Pfeffer. Yeah. I do. Um, yeah, I know that this is actually the real reason I wanted to come on the pod. Like all that blogging stuff that was fake. You know, I just want to tell this story. Um, I heard you guys talking about it last week. No. So, uh, 
had a buddy grew up a couple blocks away from me in middle school. Um, you know, like he had a nice house, big yard, like always have like a bunch of kids over Friday nights, you know, playing sports in the backyard, trampoline, knee hockey, all that. Um, and then there were a couple of weeks we couldn't go over cause they were filming a movie. I remember this, like, it was like two, three weeks that we couldn't go there. Um, and it was like weird cause we would go there all the time. Never heard what movie was anything. So then, um, you know, Polly comes out two years later and it's like the second scene when he's on the beach, um, right before, you know, Ruben goes for scuba. Um, he's reading a newspaper. He's like, Oh look, look, I found this nice house in Montclair. I'm like, Oh shit. That's where I live. What? (laughs) That's cool. I just thought it was like, Oh, that's cool. little anecdote. Um, and you know, this, this house is like a major plot point in the movie. Um, and then, you know, he, Whatever. So he moves in, he's all alone. I'm like, this house looks really familiar. How, like, how do I know this? I feel like I've been here or something. And then, um, you know, obviously you have the famous pillow scene and that was in my friend's parents' bedroom. And I was like, oh my God, like, I know that, like, that is absolutely this house. Um, I cannot confirm if they have those pillows or if they were brought in as props, but, um, yeah, that's my, that's my poly connection. That's such a nugget. And just thinking like it, it <laughs> I love that movie so much. Imagine if you lived in the same apartment that Pauly Prince lived in in Manhattan, you know, and you're on, you're taking a shit on that shitter. And then you're like, could, can I clog it like Pfeffer? I don't know. But the fact that you have that connection right there. That's yeah. great. I think, uh, I think Miggy Slugger might live in that apartment. I'm not yeah, sure. He probably, he, he probably, he probably does. That, that is an incredible nugget though. Holy shit. Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend or a fiance wife, anything like that? Uh, no, no. Okay. Jeez. So Jesus I'm, I'm a college basketball blogger, man. Come on. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> the reason where I'm going with this, that's your opening line right there. You pony up you to go. the bar and you say, you ever seen a long came Polly? Yeah. I'll put that on my uh, hinge profile. And then uh, after you, the conversation continues to flow, you ask what success looks like in this relationship. And then you're at the altar. Let me just uh, write all this down real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're going to put, you're going to put, you know, a guy from ACP. Uh, you love that Houston's top 21 in offensive and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. And then they're going to come flowing in there. Yeah, I know. And, I know. I won't be able to watch any games. And you made all your, mo- all your money because you licensed out the shirts uh, 94 feet to like yeah. you schools. And there yeah, you you're straight. Well, I would just quit everything else and just base pretty much the rest of your income for your life yeah. on selling the yeah. 94 feet idea. Perfect. I can, picture, well, you- I can picture it now. Yeah, I think you guys just figured out the rest of my life. So thank right. you. A lot of help. <laughs> well, so I know we said no BC questions, no BC talk, which is taboo. Uh, but I really got to get your thoughts on the Hawaiian shirt giveaway. And what are some <laughs> of the other apparel ideas? 94 feet notwithstanding, or they can, it can withstand. I don't care. What are some other apparel ideas that will help motivate and get this team back to a tournament? Man, Um yeah, I think the shark might have been a little harsh on them with the Hawaiian shirts. Like, it's not like they did this November 1st. Like, they already sucked, you know? Like, let's get people to one game. I, I have no problem with that. Um, the other shirts. You know, I like a good player shirt. Um, I'm a big Mets fan, and they always do free shirt Fridays. And, like, every – you know, there's, like, a DeGrom shirt, Cespedes shirt, all that. So, I'm not – yeah, I don't think BC has – current players that do that and probably would be an NCAA violation, but um, maybe can we get a, maybe Jared Dudley or a, how about a Sean Williams little puffing up shirt? How about, how about that? How about a little, <laughs> there's one for you, a little Joey Trapani jersey. Hey, oh, let's get it. Let's get a Peter Rehnquist shirt. That's Best even better. Of all time. There you go. I'd wear one of those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me 50 bucks at this point to go to one of those. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. go, but I just have no problem with that. Um, but yeah, I probably still would have been sitting in my dorm if I were a student and not watching that on TV and watching some other games. Yeah. All right. My very last question, I don't know about the other guys, so I'll, I'll yield to them. But my last question is, who is your favorite person co- covering college basketball right now in the media? can be a Twitter celebrity, behind the desk, commentator. Who's your favorite? And then on the flip side, who's the biggest hack in college basketball, do you think? Ooh. Um. Biggest hack. I'll start with that one. I'm not a Dockage guy. Um, he's just 
And like, listen, I know he's like, has his talk radio show and he's like total asshole on that. Like all that aside, he's just way too much. Like, you know, you're like the, all the hard work and this, it's like the kids these days, like, come on, buddy. These guys work really hard. They spend so much time putting effort into their craft. Like give them a break. They're 19, 20 years old. They're going to make mistakes. So he's a little over the top for me. Um, my favorite, I mean, I'll give you a tandem is Gus and Raph. I mean, two of them are just, I could listen to that all night, you know, put it on. It's like classical music album or something. <laughs> not that I listen to a lot of classical music, but <laughs> it's that type of beautiful art. It's like Mozart. Oh, I was going to go, if we're asking interview questions, like what questions do you have for us? Questions for you guys. I mean, Shark gave me a little background, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about this a lot, but I'd love to just hear again, maybe some new listeners too, just how you guys all got into this and, um, you know, where you see this going. That's probably a good interview question too. That's it. That's it. That's a good question. So, well, you, Sue, you're, you're kind of our, our leader here. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? Was that was that the where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, actually, that, that was the other thing I was going to ask. Yeah. Bad, actually, I was debating between that or the. Other. Well, no, we already we already answered that. Yeah, well, that's what I was. Yeah, so I didn't need to ask it again, right? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, Mark, what's the what's the absurd answer from one of the kids in our grade? Is like ready for it? Ask ask it to me. Where do you problem. where do you see Titch in five years, or where do you see yourself in five years? On the other side of this desk. <laughs> <laughs> just a dumb answer but the, the way we got started uh sharks law school buddy the chief who runs this whole magilla asked us to come on and talk a little bit about college basketball about a year ago and so we had some growing pain certainly i think we actually started with eight total listeners but it just been very close friends i don't even think family and so now we've we've certainly grown over the course of this year twitter followings up uh, but it really started with one of the sharks law school buddies uh, approaching us and it's been it's been a lot of fun ever since for sure yeah so then to piggyback on that taylor knows Subi from arizona it's an arizona again thing you know they're from way out there and taylor was brought in to over the summer to fill my absence when i was going on a sabbatical i think i filled in last year how many times did i fill in a couple times last year yeah you see I'm just let me take this opportunity to give Subi a hard time because in college Subi had a radio show, right? And then also picked a co-host at the time who didn't show up half the time. So guess who <laughs> had to fill in? Me. Yeah. Subi yeah, starts a podcast, picks a picks a co-host that also <laughs> doesn't show up half the time. Man. Who has to fill in? Me. So here I am, I guess. So. Upper yeah. management paired me with the chart. In college, <laughs> I'll concede that, but this was not a picking up my using. Oh, yeah. So anyways, Matt, really appreciate you coming on. We'll be on the lookout for whatever you push out onto the blog. Just know I'm going to be reading all that like a hawk and I'll be holding <laughs> you to any predictions you make. And if they're wrong, I'm going to be all over you like a starving man on a Christmas ham. But if you're right, I'll give you uh, I'll give you credit. So anyways, I really appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, in the future, we'd love to have you back on to dive into conferences and players and whatever other takes that you have out there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, no, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Um, and you know, I wouldn't expect anything else from you watching me like a hawk. So, um, hopefully you'll be retweeting some positive picks. Um, but yeah, should have something up for, uh, conference tournaments by next week. I think. Sweet. All right, let's finish it up now with where am I and hugs Taylor first. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Guys, can I read you something real quick? I hope. Talk to me. Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner. Loose ball. It's good. With 4.4 to go. Shannon. Don't want to foul. Shannon from the corner. And it's over. Gonzaga. The slipper slipper still still fits. So... (laughs) Who tipped in that shot for Gonzaga? Casey Calvary. Casey Calvary. Uh, That's who we got here on Where Am I? He is a medical sales rep and distributor in Spokane, Washington. Never left. Never left. Still playing in the largest three-on-three tournament 
in the world, which is Hoops Fest or Hoop Fest there in Spokane every summer. He works for Kinetic. Uh, what is his name? Company's name? Kinetic Orthopedics. Uh, he has three kids and he enjoys hunting, fishing and golfing in the Pacific Northwest. So there's our boy, Casey Cavalry. Do you know if he's from the Pacific Northwest? Like, he's yeah. just, is he from Spokane or what? He was born in Yes, yes, Alf would say. Uh, he was born in Germany, but then went to high school at Bellarmine Prep in Tacoma, Washington. His parents still live in Tacoma. So, Washington guy. Heavy European pipeline for Mark Few, man. Well, that was uh, he's Dan Monson. Yeah. He said he's German. He was born in Germany. He went to Tacoma. Tacoma is yeah. a shitty town, by the way. No, I know. But, like, I mean, he, German. He's European. And that was, that was pre-Mark Few. That was Dan Monson. Oh really? Yeah, people and forget. Was- people forget that Mark Few. That's what was the big knock on him is he had never made anything until that Final Four a couple of years ago. It was Dan Monson who made that original run until he left and went to uh, Minnesota, I believe it was. Dan Monson, also former University of Montana head coach as well. See, Shark, that's how you check someone, not based on their nationality, because the man was born in Germany, but. You come at me with with facts about the coach. That's good. That's good work. Oh, that's a good nugget. And the slipper still fits. An all time Gus call. Honestly, made Gus who he is. When you well, when you think of, you think yeah. of from the parking lot, and you think of the slipper still fits. I I actually you know Batista with the catch is another one as well. Yeah, but that's more. Everyone knows that one, but it's not like nobody's going to play that at you know. It's not an all-time call. It was funny because his voice screeched in the middle of it, and he sounded like a dying, you know, zebra out there. But like, well, I don't want to say I don't give Gus too much credit, but you know that call, a made Gonzaga. You know, all of their blogs, all of their message boards are called "The Slipper Still Fits." It, that's what all the name of all their stuff is. Also, that made that was kind of Gus's one of his first couple of years calling the tournament. So one could argue that that specific co- moment, that specific call, even helped us become as big a basketball college basketball fans as absolutely. As we yeah. Become. yeah, right. So, so leading into March, I felt like there was no more perfect person for the where am I than that. Love it, Shark. Any hugs tonight? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer on the hug tonight. I don't have a hug. All right, that's fine. Taylor, can I can I pass my hug? I pass yeah, I mean you're hug. not feeling generous tonight. Your your team yeah. got blown out by thirty. I get it. I don't, that. <laughs> well, okay, well I'll hug Shark and I'll hug friend of the program Roman Mathis. Rome was not built in a day, but our buddy Rome uh, from the University of Arizona is. Uh, I'm going to say featured. Can we say featured, Sue? I'm going to say featured in the new Ben Affleck film. Uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? The Way Back. Wait, the Way Back. Yeah, Wait, thank you. The uh, Way Back. We know a movie. guy. We know that's a guy movie? in that film. That's your film. That's our guy. Uh, you guys know that's a, my top five favorite movie right there without ever having seen that. You got a guy that's <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. He wants to come on. He tweeted at us. You want to you wanna get Mathis on? I don't, I don't want him to just come on. I want his autograph. He likes he likes and retweets all of the theater and college hoops like podcast tweets and stuff like that. Dude, that movie's going to be fucking awesome. He was a manager. I think was he a basketball or football manager at U of A? I think football. Yeah. So, but yeah, friend of the program, Rome Mathis. Rome, not built in the day, but we'll get him on. Hug for Rome. Uh, my hug is actually a favorite of mine and the Sharks, and also probably yours, Taylor. Uh, but this hug is for Shea Serrano. Today, him and the Goat celebrate twenty years together, and I love how he always affectionately calls Laramie the Goat. That's something that, uh, you know, occasionally in a Snapchat, I'll send a Snapchat of my fiance, be like the goat. Mark will do the same thing with his fiance. Taylor, I suggest you start calling Danielle the goat, but hug for Shea Serrano uh, and the goat 20 years strong. I I took it one step further. I'm showing this to your screen right now, but my fiance, she is in my phone as the goat. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's right, big you did time. take it one step further. See, that's perfect. That's dedication to the GOAT. You know, Shea Serrano is one of those guys that is definitely older than you think he is. Oh, yeah. Like, like way, not way, but, you know. He's like I in think his of, 40s, isn't he? Yeah, I think of him as, like, our age. 
but you know i always you know whenever i'm coming across his twitter or, or hear things like that i'm like oh yeah he's like at least a decade older than we are kind of a kind of a re- relentless twitter like <laughs> hey take, to as quote, you know <laughs> to quote big time tommy if i may take it easy He'd block the shit out of you. You've told him that. No, he didn't. He didn't block me. I'm I just like, saying, I if like you tweeted that at him. Well, I know, but like, I don't even follow him. And I just, I don't need to go buy his book for like the 17th time and retweet a receipt from Amazon and then tell Donald Trump to go fuck himself. Like, take it easy. You know? <laughs> Make me laugh. <laughs> He'll tell you that's not, you know, you don't control his Twitter. Wait, so uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on Wob then? On who? Worldwide Wob Rob Perez. I don't even know who that is. Big Decent player. Guy. I like him. Yeah. Big basketball yeah. guy. Yeah, you should follow Rob Perez. Uh, in the meantime, we're gonna head out. Enjoy the rest of these conference tournaments this week. We will see you next time here on Theater in College Hoops.